Best friend, a His Dark Materials podcast. I'm Christina Fanchulo, and with me are Steph O'Kingston. Hi, I'm Steph. And how many years has it been since you've read the books? So I read the books first when I think I was 13 or 14. It was they were all out, um, but it was kind of when they were in their their initial popularity heyday, right before the movie came out. Um, so I, I think it was about 13 or 14. And then I just reread and am rereading the books right now. But I have finished The Golden Compass, which presumably is what season one is based on. Vijaya Shrestha? Shrestha. Shrestha. Yeah. All right. You were almost there. I was not. I have read The Golden Compass. Um, and I'm ha- almost a quarter of the way through the second one. So you read it I'm just trying to get recently? Recently, yeah. Like, I think I finished The Golden Compass maybe uh, three months ago. Nice. Sarah Tompkins. I'm an idiot. How long has it been since you read the book? It's been zero years because <laughs> I've never read. Actually, I was like writing down questions as everyone was introducing themselves. And I said, when did these books come out? How many are there? I don't even know the answers to that question. <laughs> I, you know, I just said that. And I have no idea. I'm going to Google assume, that real quick. I assume while they y'all came out like talking. the 80s or the 70s is what I assume watching the show. And then I assume it's a trilogy because everything's a trilogy. But that's just those were just. You're not wrong. That's just my assumptions. I legit went, I legit went to a barbecue barbecue with my um, um, high school friends like recently, maybe like a year ago, and they were like, "Oh, we forgot that you loved Harry Potter and you love Lord of the Rings, then you would love the series." So they mm. gave me this volume, and I was like, "All right." So I picked it up, put it down, picked it up, put it down, and at some point, it just clicked for me and I was like mm. I can't put it down anymore I need to keep it is a it. weird series where especially the first book is very much like a children's mm-hmm. fantasy novel and it amps up very quickly when you get yes. into the second book yeah so uh the golden compass was published in 1995 wow I was guessing 80s or 70s yeah, the subtle knife was 97 and the amber spyglass was 2000 so I'm guessing that I read them around 2002 2003 I didn't realize they were that new to be honest with you See, I thought they were newer. They feel, to me, they feel very, when I'm watching it, in my mind, I feel like it's very Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And Mm. I know that's because of Oxford, and that's where they all were. Literally, all of them were at Oxford. But I mean, I have to imagine that Philip Pullman is pulling from that aesthetic a little bit, too, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I didn't think they were that old when I was reading them, but... I also got hooked um, in the middle of uh, The Golden Compass. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Not the second book. Mm. So I think the first Christina. time I read them, I must have it must have been 96 or 97. And then... Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I read them right when they were out. And then I reread them probably five more times, the whole series. Wow, so uh, you know them. Yeah, I yeah. You're the love expert. Them. She's a scholar yeah. of these these books. Yes. <laughs> you're the gallant to my goofus. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a reference people get anymore? I don't even I know. I think so, yeah. So, yes. 
I don't yeah, know what you, that is. You just established yourself as a big nerd, so. <laughs> yeah, an old unlike nerd. the rest of us who totally don't play in a Sailor Moon and Harry Potter podcast. I look, <laughs> at least 50% of this podcast doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> at least 50% does, though. Only who does one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I also, uh, I went to Philip Pullman's college in Oxford. So the scenes where she's running across the grass, I'm like, oh shit, don't do that. You're not allowed to run across that grass. You're not allowed to run on the quad. Lyra doesn't you give any fucks. It's so rude. You're not supposed to. They yell at you. I touched it with my foot but once. But she's Lyra. Yeah, she's Lyra. It's a very good... But see, it's only good character development if you know that you're not supposed to do that. So yeah. but they should have had like, please keep off the grass signs. Every British person watching it, though, is like, yeah, yeah that's don't terrified. Don't do that. Yeah. Every British person watching the second episode, let me tell you, the guy refused tea. And I was like, wow, you're a douchebag. Damn. You should die. That's, that's how you know he means business. Yeah. Should we get into it? Let's get into so, it. Yeah. All right. So, I feel like we should get into it. Yeah, let's go. So we will be summarizing and then discussing each episode. And this is a special two-part podcast where we will be discussing two episodes. Uh, okay. So should I... That summary um, that I sent you guys is a little long. So I can either shorten it up or we can all just pitch in. I, why don't you read like the first paragraph? Because the first paragraph is is a good, I think, overall... It is written by Christina, so it's going to be good. Yes. It's written by Christina, so it's going to be long and snarky. (laughs) I have lots of comments that I can throw in as we go. I'm just kidding. Yeah, please interrupt me. No, but like, that wasn't snarky. That that was genuine. Like, it's a discussion. First of all, is it demons or demons? It's demons. It's demon. Apparently, Philip Pullman says demon, too. It's a weird, it, like, why ligature. It spell demon. It's because everyone at Oxford in English has to learn Old English. And then he was like, well, my education has to go somewhere. It's a very, like, Ted Mosby moment. Like, <laughs> totally demon, <laughs> demon, encyclopedia. But the show is saying demons, and apparently Philip Pullman says demons, so I guess we're going I demons. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be really... Can I ask a really terrible question Always. that I don't know the answer to? Is mm-hmm. Philip Pullman still with us? He is. He's currently yeah, writing okay. the next trilogy, in fact. Oh, nice. Yeah, it picked up traction, so he's like, ah, crap, i got to write more. Because in my head, he like lives with Terry Pratchett, who is no longer <laughs> with us, and I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> or maybe he lives with G.R.R. Martin, who is... Also, I mean, to be fair, he is taking many, many, he's taking 19 years to write a sequel, so. But he did finish a whole trilogy, right? He did finish something. That's all he needed to do. Yeah. He finished a story. Yeah, that's all he got to do. Thanks, Philip. Phil. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Philly, Philly Pole. People. No. Wait. Who wants to read this? All right. Here we go. Christina. So. Welcome to the world of his dark materials, where people's souls live outside their bodies in the form of animals called demons. Adults' demons have only one settled form, while children's souls can change shape at will, or depending on their uh, person's strong emotion. They're quasi-independent beings that can talk and interact with the world separately from their people, and they serve as companions, consciences, and allies to their people. Uh, Okay, hold on a second. By the way, this was so much exposition to read. Mm. I... I'm a person who cannot, I do not like things that are like a prophecy foretells. I'm like, no, it makes me crazy. And they so, got very heavy. That was like my, early. my instant reaction was to be like, oh no, I have to read all this stuff. And like, <laughs> I want to just, 
I just want to, f- I want them to be able to tell me in, in the story, in the acting. I don't want to have to read all that. Mm. I actually, but I guess they have to get right into no, it. No, I 100% agree. If you can't tell a story without, like... Like, weird introductory so, Title text. cards. Like, I can yeah. understand being like, okay, this is a world where there are demons and they're your soul outside your body. Okay, but then they got into prophecy and, hey, by the way... Yeah, they got into and that this, and very quickly. The th- yeah, the prophecy is actually not... Like, it's it's important, it but it's not... It doesn't come until way later, and it's it also, not... They feel like that's something they could introduce as they go along, right? right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, even, even the demon thing, I feel like they could say... Lyra, why is your demon slash your soul doing this right now? I mean, it's, you could easily feel like work it into the yeah, first like episode's she, dialogue. There was a scene where she was like in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that was just I was just like, what? I will tell you that um, I watched after the first episode of um, this, the His Dark Materials uh, me and my friend Jess, that has watched, uh, that has read the whole series, we watched the Golden Compass, and we both agreed that they explain demon demons. Sorry, demons. Not not explain it better, but explain the relationship better in the movie. I would believe they that. don't actually talk about it that much in the show. To be honest. <laughs> They don't, but in the movie, they, like, talk to each other, so the relationship is, like, like explained better. In in the show, they're like, oh, this there's this just this animal that follows you. We're like, what, what does this animal do? I have a, a big question early on. So, the first, one of the first scenes in the show is Lord Azriel taking baby Lyra to Jordan College mm-hmm. in this thing called the Great Flood, which... I don't know. It's not in the books. I don't know if it it's matters. In, Anyways, it felt biblical. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's but it's in the yeah. brings books. Lyra to Jordan, and he's like, "This is Lyra and Pentelamon, and Pentelamon is Lyra's demon." Where do the demons come from? Are they birthed with the baby? Wait, was was do the they demon come straight out the womb? Was the demon? Like, wait, was the demon with the baby? Yeah, they didn't show it because CGI is expensive. Apparently, yeah. are they birthed with the baby then? Yeah, oh, okay. the mother's demon gives birth. The mother doesn't. So that that is okay. Yeah. That is so in the new like, book, though. Hey, I'm pregnant. Also, there's a rhinoceros in my belly. Uh, yeah, I was like, that what was, does like do you okay. give birth and then a random butterfly flies in I the was, window and that's your, have, your kid's demon? Can I just say this is a question that was not answered in either of the first two episodes, but but like goes with this in a way and actually kind of related to a question or a weird comment I had about demons, but. Like, if you fall in love with someone, do your demons also have to, like, mate? And that's how you get a child demon? No. So that's not... Maybe? That's not 100% clear. Philip Pullman doesn't... Philip Pullman's response to a lot of these, comp- like, extend- extended universe questions has been like, Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. I guess I'll, I guess I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I've watched two hours of your show, Philip Pullman, and I have these questions already. <laughs> How separate from the humans the demons can be. Like, the demons have their own personalities and often see and think of things that their humans don't. Uh, and it's weird because it's like, yeah, okay, but you're separate. a part of me, but you're telling me what to do? Maybe it's like your id or something. Yeah, it's, it's very if you, interesting. If you can be... Like, if your demon can be smashed and you are dead, so if you have sex and you orgasm, does your demon feel it? Probably. 
Oh, it's just, I, I mean, don't they certainly. Like that. I mean, as we see in a lot of the scenes, the the demons feel what the humans feel, and vice versa. They can't be that far from their humans either, right? Yeah, and that's a whole thing. Like, I mean, uh, we'll get into that, but it's like, yeah, in the the show, I feel like the demons can get already normally get a lot further from their humans than they can in the book. In the books, I think like they can only be like a few feet away. Yeah, I think it. Like, there's a one great anecdote where there's this guy whose demon is uh who demon like settles a dolphin, as a dolphin think, yeah right? exactly yeah. and he's like well i guess i'm a what? sailor now yeah he like has to live by the ocean all the time but then he's seasick and it's a hilarious adventure <laughs> i would read that guy's book i'm not gonna lie okay sorry i didn't mean to get you off track so early oh no, no let's fair. talk about the first episode uh what did y'all think about it what is sarah's thought about it because yeah. she's never read it yeah, so Sarah, did you understand what was going on at all? Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> I think. Did you? Um, a lot of my questions were about um well I, one of my questions actually was about can demons kill other demons and if if you do what happens, that was answered in the second se- second episode. Mm-hmm. Um I one of my biggest questions was like, is this a parallel Oxford? Or is this the only Oxford that exists? And it's actually not called Oxford College. It's Jordan College. I get that. But then that was sort of answered in the second one or the end of the no second second episode too. So, but I was trying to establish whether this was like a parallel universe or just the way the universe was. So it's like it's Oxford Town, and then Jordan College is the main college in right. Oxford. Unlike unlike yeah, like like Where University Oxford College, college Oxford, or Magdalen yeah. College, or what? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't know if it was the only one, you mm-hmm. know, like if there was a, if this was an alternate dimension, which it seems like. I will tell you that my friend that, uh, the one that I was watching with that hadn't read it in a while, she was just like, I don't think this happened in the book. And I was like, this 1000 person happened in the book. Yeah, I, I kept I just actually, saying so that. I was talking to Christina about this, um, while we were watching the second episode. I think they've actually done a really good job of weaving in book scenes to a television narrative Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of scenes that they have sort of they've compressed like multiple scenes in the book that they compressed into one scene and there are certain especially in episode two there are a lot of verbatim scenes um but they have just adjusted the context a little bit and made them a little more like tv exciting but it's overall it's honestly quite loyal to the book so far and i'm really impressed with that I would yeah. say episode two did a much better job of giving yeah. you context, giving you emotional yeah. beats. I really hated episode one, to be honest. Really? I thought Lord Asriel could suck a dick. Like he, he is a oh, dick. No, though. he's not though. He's like, he is. I'm sorry, I can't take. Yeah, no, in the book, he is a total dick. In the show, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't take you with me, and like he's a little harsh about it. But like, if it, I think, I think. Um, Hottie McHotbutt is doing a terrible I, job. He's he's my favorite part of the show so far. So as a as a non reader, I'm loving him. He's he's making he's making bad choices, but then the part where he's putting her to bed was very sweet. Even though he put her feet at the wrong part of the bed, and it really bothered me. Yes. Does he? How does he not know? And how then he beds then he moved work? the pillow. I was like, that's not how that works, friend. But I was like, maybe beds work differently in this parallel dimension. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think James McAvoy's portrayal of um, him is better than Daniel Craig's. Even though yeah. I think he is, I didn't. Dan I didn't Craig see the movie. Very, yeah. Um, but 
He's not arrogant enough. He just... Oh, maybe he, he, he seemed, will he be. He seemed arrogant enough, and he was... he was. I think he's he's more of an understated arrogant where he's like, no, I need to make my experiment Yeah, so work. that's kind of what I got in that. So the two things that really said that to me were, one, when he asked Lyra to, to spy for him and, like, then just forgets about her. That seems... Yeah. That's, he, he, he wasn't... And his demon right, remembers. He wasn't trying to be... He wasn't trying to be like accommodating to her curiosity. He was trying to use her curiosity to his benefit. There was so that was that. I was like, that's kind of gross. Um, and then he just leaves her there, and I'm like, literally, that yeah. dude who you're leaving her with tried to kill you less than 24 hours ago, and you're leaving your quote unquote niece. Not surprised. Was not surprised by that at all. Okay, um, we were really okay, curious good. about that. No, was 100% not surprised um, okay. about that. I was like, oh. It's pretty obvious in the first episode, yeah, right? He, well, like, the part where he was like putting her to bed and taking off her shoes. I was like, you're not, that's not. Yeah. And especially the part where she also asks how big the ship was that killed her parents. I'm like, wow, that's a, or they died in or whatever. And I was like, that's a weird question to ask. And he answered it. He answered it so, he answered it so weirdly. I was like, well, that's a whole thing I can see. But yeah, so those two moments really said to me that he was kind of just an asshole. Also, he brought a candied head with him, and I was like, "That's a lot of nerve." <laughs> it's a full of ice. Oh, it looks like it had sugar on it. I don't know. It's, I mean, it probably did. It probably is. He came but. down from the north. So he didn't have ice on him. Next time I bring you a head from Canada, Sarah, I'll be sure to go to Andy well, you know, instead you of ice. Maple syrup up there that works. She That's makes true. a good point. I also was very happen. mad that they made That's James true. McAvoy look so hot and they made his ex-wife look so bad in the show. I was so I was like, "That's unfair." Wait, really? Who's his ex-wife? Yeah, she's a she's the the mom the 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 folksy mom who lost her kid. That's not. That's not. That's James. No, that's James McAvoy's ex-wife. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 in real life. Oh. She looks so That's old. what I'm saying. They made her look oh. so bad. Oh. They made James oh. McAvoy oh. look oh. so good. Oh. I was so mad. I was wow. like, Ugh. holy shit. Poor lady. She does look old. She's supposed to be like 60 or 50 well, years old. Yeah. I still Maybe think it's, if I'm going to be book. in a show, if I'm going to be a show with my ex-husband, I want, I demand that I look hotter than him. <laughs> and, and my ex-husband is also ex- obscenely hot. Yeah. Yeah. I also hated that they kept making him tuck in his sweater into his pants. Like who? I tuck my sweater in my pants. Sweaters. Your bulky fucking winter sweaters into your pants. No one does that. He doesn't want to get snow up there. It's a different world, Jaya. It's it's a different world Uh, of Hollywood. Trying to understand north um, northeast prep culture. My hold on. My friend um, just wanted me to mention that. um, Is it Toby? Toby. Toby? No, I have no Toby. idea. No. Tony? Tony. It's Tony. No, Tony. Tony's Tony. his name. He's Tony. Yeah. The the guy who got the ring is Tony. So my question, I have yeah. a lot of questions about all that. Tony is so cute is what she wanted me to say. Fair. Okay. He looks he looks he looks like a knockoff to Timothy Chalamet, I thought. Um and that is yep, uh, I can see so that. What Let's are fail. they called Egyptians or no, they're not Egyptian, they're Egyptian. Like Egyptians. Egyptians. Oh. Without, it's it's yeah. a play on Romani yeah, people. Yeah, well, I was wondering basically. about that because I was Travelers, like, I was yeah. like, okay, we got the folksy, we got the folksy people, which seems very like you know, 
you always have the folksy people. What I'm not exactly sure how they're supposed to play off of the other people. I think it becomes more clear later. There's just rich and poor people. And That's all they, we have right now. They don't do a great job explaining that they're like boat people and travelers. I got, I got and that. I just didn't know how they related to the rest of it. I think so, you'll, you'll see. Yeah. 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 And then they had the whole ring ceremony and I was like, is this, did the ring establish the falcon or the hawk, excuse me? Or did the ring, was the ring independent of that? And what does the ring mean? It, it's not even in the books. Oh. The ring is just meant... Like, yeah. the whole ceremony is just there to establish who the Egyptians are. Okay. As, like, yeah. a culture. And the idea of, like, uh, of demons, or demons settling yeah. okay. as you get older. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that was a bit heavy-handed. I, I just didn't, didn't, know, I just didn't know what that was all about. And also, why would you let your child walk off in a world that is clearly so dangerous? Everything about that world seems horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think uh, it's not supposed to be equivalent to our era in time it's supposed to be like yeah slightly post-dickensian so it's like there are urchins all around yeah so one thing that i really really like is they've done a really good job establishing um lyra's world as as very kind of out of time Mm -hmm. you know it, it is hard to nail down like it's obviously not our modern era but there's a lot of different aesthetics happening. You know, you have your mm. Oxford, your sort of old kind of like at times it feels very, yeah, like post Dickensian, like early 1900s. But then you look at uh, like Mrs. Coulter, Mrs. Coulter's outfits, very 1930s in episode two. Her whole apartment is super art deco, yeah. very 1920s. But the cars are all like 40s, 50s. There's car, yeah, but there's also very modern suits mm-hmm. being worn, things like that. So they do a really, I love the set decoration in the show. The costume designers are killing it. Yeah. The costuming is great. The set decoration is great. Like they are doing a really good job of describing a world that is very off kilter from ours. And like one thing I really noticed when I read the books again as an adult is how much Philip Pullman is good at subtly describing a world that is similar, but different to ours, like different terminology, different, uh, just cultural practices, little things. I don't think I recognize as a kid reading them. And as an adult, I really appreciate it. And I think they've done a really good job translating that to Mm -hmm. TV. Yeah, totally agree. That is true. That makes sense. Um, I also, um, said that I would wear uh, most of the dresses that yeah. um, all of the girls wore. So mm. what is what is Ruth Wilson's name on the show? Mrs. Coulter. Coulter. Also, I just want to throw this out there right now. I think Ruth Wilson sacrificed her upper lip for acting ability, yes, and I'm okay did. with it. Every time you have I Ruth Wilson it. in a role, it's always going to be eerie. She's really good. She just doesn't have an upper lip, and it it's very distracting to me. Brad pointed it out to me once, and I oh, can't unsee she's it now. In that way, have, yeah. having watched The Golden Compass and Nicole Kidman in that role, mm-hmm. I thought that she was very good at being the charismatic part of that character. Mm-hmm. But Ruth Wilson is not doing that great. At, like she's doing well but she's not doing that great a job that sort of effortless i guess i guess the thing is was i supposed to immediately know that she was evil yeah no i I knew immediately that she was evil i think uh, okay okay like nothing about her said she was good i distinctly remember just trusting her as even as a small child Mm. in fifth grade i think it's 
I think it's because we uh, saw the golden monkey and we recognized it. No, but yeah. did we see the monkey before? And also what? No, in the book. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm I've... sorry. In the book, we yeah. saw the golden monkey and we were like, oh, the golden monkey is associated with her. So she is not great. There's something you said, but like also like the idea of an adult's perspective versus a child's perspective and like what Lyra as a very sheltered child sees in this woman versus like what we as grown ass adults, although to be fair, Christina was apparently a savvy child. Makes sense. Uh, saw. And I mean, it's very obvious to us child. because we have other context clues. Mm-hmm. Um, what is going on there? But Lyra is like a homeschooled half feral child. <laughs> and she's like, oh, this nice lady is paying attention to me. I like you. Yeah. yeah, all my adult alarms went off when she was like, would you like to be my assistant to an 11 year old? Yeah. I was like, yes, no, right. no one needs an 11 year old assistant. But I also, that's what I hated most about the first episode was Lord Ezreal like tells an 11 year old sensibly she cannot come on a really dangerous Mm. mission where he is probably gonna get killed and like she's like i hate you which is normal and then her friend is like she's special and lord israel finds it necessary to argue with a 10 year old like no he wouldn't and like dramatically hold open his airship door and then close it everyone's special what kind of trite hallmark movie was i fucking watching Everyone is special. Um, no. <laughs> can we can we talk about Roger for a minute? Roger, I love Roger. The most British looking child they literally, to ever they grace literally the just screen. did a casting call for British child, British looking child. Oh, and they picked, they picked the first kid and, they saw. And I will say, I, f- I feel for Roger so much because that scene where like Mrs. Coulter is talking to Lyra and Roger's awkwardly trying to pour the water. I've been there. I've like, I am that person. That's like, I just, I need to reach your class. Cause you're going to complain if I, you don't have water, but I, you can't, but I need to get your glass conversation. Yeah. Can I tell you that the guy, the kid in golden compass that plays Roger looks very similar to the Roger from this show. Oh, well, I mean, Jeez, so there's it is a his great granddaughter. Mm. They, I mean, there's only one family in Britain. That's true. I was mm. gonna say that um, in the book. Sorry, I keep saying in the book. There is a scene where uh, there is the gold monkey that goes with the children. And yeah, that's they how give, we they know give it away that a lot in, earlier in the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, this is only episode two. So. Wait, so there's a golden monkey in the fair. book earlier? Yeah. So in yeah. the book, the the first time you see a child get taken, you don't see Mrs. Colder, but you do you see, see the, the golden monkey. Yeah, that didn't happen though. And that's gotcha. how you know. So when the yeah. golden monkey shows up later, you're like, oh, gosh. I just was. They kind of like chose ex- not to do. Yeah. But. I don't think they needed to because I already knew yeah. she was bad when she showed up. And and honestly, like I don't know, I don't think that scene maybe would have worked as well because like you have no context for what's right, happening. Right. So. That fucking golden monkey, man. Yeah, the golden monkey in the book is really fucking scary, but they yeah. it's hard to do with CGI. I don't, I don't, like, I'm not knocking yeah. them for doing that, because, like, 
the CGI so far has been alternately pretty good and pretty and rough. Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some really <laughs> like Pantalaemon, they I think they make a good effort with, but like uh Lord Azrael's okay. demon. Can I ask a question <laughs> the about the fucking that? snow leopard? I was like, whoa, no. Uh, the snow leopard. Why does a snow leopard have to have a sexy voice? It makes me very confused and weirded <laughs> out. It's um it's Helen McCrory. Because it's Lord Azrael. No, I know, but yeah. like he like is talking to it. I'm like, this is this is really unsettling to me that this leopard is hot. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I'm getting turned on by a snow That was leopard. literally one of my questions was, why does his demon yeah. have a sexy voice? It's confusing. I just realized it. How many uh, awakened furries do you think his dark materials oh, is responsible for? Say, I, don't I just was wondering. And that, and that oh, made no, me think no, about... this is an important question. I think yeah. we need an awakened furry count. If anybody wants to write in and let us know. Let us know. We'll, we'll keep track. Did it over, did it awaken something in you? Are you already awakened and you just like to to talk about yeah. it? Either way, At we support you. Girl. Uh, I had another, I had another, I had another big question from this episode and about the series in general. Is this a religious oligarchy? Like, what is what is it? The yes. mis, what is it? Mysterium. Yes. The mysterium. What is it called? Magisterium. I oh, not mysterium. Magisterium. Like, so is it? Is it a religious oligarchy? That's enough. Yes. The reason yeah. that everything seems a little bit further back in time, the implication is that the church is holding humanity back. Yes. Philip Pullman is very anti-organized religion. Yeah. And you will see a lot more of that as this goes on. So um, what it is, is basically that the papacy is dissolved and is replaced by a bureaucratic oligarchy called the mm. magisterium. And it is and all powerful. And that's what that, the bearded Putin guy was doing, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I was I was curious about that, especially because because you have the idea that people have souls and the souls are so important that they are a, a literal part of the external physical part of that person. So the idea of religion being bad versus religion being good. It's part of their soul. Although we know yeah. we learned I mean, think, we learned in the second episode right? that if you kill someone's demon, they die. Yep. Right, because it's part of who they right. are. So but, if you kill a part of the, who they are, right? But then that's they a very die. religious idea. So the idea that that uh, like right. Steph was saying that Philip Pullman is not about organized religion makes total sense because the idea that your soul is such an important part of you that if your soul is crushed, you die is so incredibly religious um, that it's interesting that it's paired with this idea of like religious oligarchy being bad. So like I can see where the the differentiation is a little bit. Yeah, Philip Pullman is not anti... So Philip Pullman does a lot in terms of, like, mysticism, but he hates organized religion, which, all right, I'm on board with that, but to each their own. It, it, this series comes out hard against Catholicism yeah, in particular. Which, and like, yeah. like the, the, the religious figures, the priests, they call them father, and they are explicitly dressed like catholic priests it's pretty mm. there's no yeah. the costume department didn't really stray far from that no they they knew what they were going yeah. for yeah but so it's interesting too that it, so in the second episode where the woman's demon gets crushed yeah it was a butterfly though so could you blame him i don't know if you know this y'all know this but sarah fucking hates moths and butterflies hate oh. them hate them so you'd be like number one. You'd be a serial killer just crushing what people's if, demons. What if my demon turned out to be a butterfly? Would I not be able to live with myself? 
That would be the most that ironic would, thing in the world. That would indicate that you were you hated part of yourself. What if what if it was a mom? I, I literally, I literally you would hate it even more. You would yeah. kill yourself. Yeah. Okay. That that would indicate some pretty serious yeah, some really self loathing. Yeah. Anyway, so but yeah, you're saying the second episode. Sorry, sorry, sorry Christina. <laughs> oh yeah. So one of the things they didn't explain very well that hopefully they'll get to explaining is that it's a horrendous like unbearable taboo yes. to touch someone else's demon. So yeah. like when he does that, like you probably weren't sh- you probably were shocked at the murder, but like I was sitting there being like the moment before. Fuck, don't no. touch each other. Yeah. I was like more, yeah, that's yeah. why she freezes I was more up. Shocked. Right, I was partly. actually less shocked at the at the murder and more shocked at when the monkey attacked the other one. That was yeah. That, yeah. I think that they did was that real rough. That's a little girl too. I was like, hey, don't touch her. Yeah, it's a good example of like it shows you. So it's it's great foreshadowing because it shows you that the adult the they're sorry the humans feel what the demons mm-hmm. feel. So they yeah. set that up, and then later in the episode, you have the crushed butterfly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was a so, great set of scenes. Actually, they played off each other really well. So the the butterfly journalist. That's why I think she was like, oh, you're not going to kill me because even though you have my butterfly in your hand. But the demons can, like, tussle against other demons. Yeah. 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 The way it's properly, like, not it's not good that the demons attacked each other, but, like, that's how it's supposed to be, quote unquote. Yeah. So, like. If and, and demons of, aren't supposed to touch people either. Like if Lyra's, yeah. if the golden monkey touched Lyra, everyone would flip their shit. Oh, so so demons yeah. can fight other demons, but person can't touch a demon. They, they, they can. It's, just, it's a crazy to. taboo. It's worse than being naked like, in yeah. public. But like, it's like, yeah, I was just horrifying. like, I can't even. It would be like feeling somebody up but in people public. People do it. You know? yeah. Like, you can do it, but you probably right. shouldn't. Yeah, and it's like a huge violation yes. of so like, the person. You you yourself also feel violated. Right. So it's not it's yeah. not like yeah. perverts get off on this. You would have to be deranged to do this. Okay, so that one yeah. guy who did the crushing is deranged yeah. in some way. Basically. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, it's he a, just has some and, and other shit. Part of I think on. they don't show a good job of indicating that before. Like yeah. obviously like he kills her, but it's like another level really in within that world mm-hmm. of like oh my god like not only did he kill her but he killed her by crushing her demon that's like really sick so it would be better if he yeah. just stabbed her straight in the eyeball yeah Honestly, it would be more yeah. humane in that world interesting yeah. well, i guess i guess but it. i guess i, I can i guess that speaks to like defiling yeah. what a person is made of rather than they make they made a comment yeah. in the first episode um, it was either Rod, Rod is Roger Roger's a little British boy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's either British Roger boy. or Lyra, and I think it was Roger, and he said, I don't understand why we have to have these gross skeletons when we die. <laughs> like, why can't we just be like gone? <laughs> and I just thought like there's the idea of like the physical body versus which is gross versus the in not apparently is meaningful, and then the spiritual body, which apparently is much more offensive to kill than the physical body Mm. that's true it could be so like the demons like disintegrate when they die Mm. basically so maybe he's referring to that Mm. too that is interesting it's like oh why do our demons get to disappear we have like all this shit left over why do demons finally settle like it seems it'd be more advantageous especially for we 
Oh, we'll find okay. that out later. Because I was just it. saying, mm-hmm. when when he was fighting that monkey, I, I was thinking, oh, this is really advantageous that he can change shapes and kinds. Because if you're, you know, if you end up being a squirrel versus, you know, uh, uh, whatever that other thing was that was going to attack the squirrel, and I can't remember at this point. The marmot yeah, or whatever? Um, it was uh, a marmot, yeah. It yeah. would be so much easier if that squirrel could change into like a boa constrictor or something. So it changes into whatever the emotion of the person is, the child yeah. is. The, yeah. The rough answer is that when your demon settles, it's because you as a person have kind of figured right. out who you are. But that doesn't mean you know who you are when someone tries to murder you. <laughs> Fair. Well, your emotions are changing. But your yeah, yeah, but your core personality is set. Like your soul is not your yeah. your fleeting emotions. But for children, yeah. their souls are kind of their fleeting emotions because yeah. they have no idea and, what they're and, doing. Yeah, like Pajai said, like there there will be a lot more of this as we go on. So they will probably give more information as we continue. Hopefully. So hold on to that okay. idea. I just imagine that like a snow leopard would just tear a monkey to bits. And does that mean your soul is better than the other person's soul or stronger? I don't understand. It does. I don't understand why the, the children's demons don't turn into like Hulk. giant dogs and bears and stuff. Like, a horse. Might there really, is a little bit like a in horse. the book where like Pantalaemon turns into a dragon Aww. because they've seen a picture of a dragon. And it's a small That's so dragon. so cute though. But in the in the show, he doesn't seem he really only kind of flits between maybe like five or six different um, do animals. Do all people have demons? Mm-hmm. Okay, because yes. I feel like I saw some of the some of the Egyptian people when they were going to London. I felt like I didn't see all of their mm. animals. That's because CGI costs money. Yeah, so like I mean, it's the conceit is like, oh well, demons can be really small, or like a lot of the Egyptians seem to have birds for demons. Mm-hmm. So the idea is maybe like the bird is flying around somewhere. Um, but it's probably mostly to save CGI. I will say though that I remember watching the trailer for Golden Compass, and I think I was saying this, Vijay. I think I saw it in theaters, but I literally do not remember watching it. <laughs> it's very I, forgettable. <laughs> speaks well to the movie. I don't remember. So I'm like, I, I literally, I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or if I just saw the trailer. But either way, it felt like there was a lot of CGI mm. in that, and it felt really stupid. Yeah. As I I will tell you that the Golden Compass had some things that I wish this show had included, mm. but there are a lot of things that I'm glad that maybe this show will not include hopefully okay can you so. tell us about a few no not without ruining okay the rest i might, I might actually go the- rent the movie now or see if it's on netflix I, or something i was thinking about it and then i was trying to decide i was like maybe i won't rewatch it because then i'll be pure like i just said uh uh like the relationship between the um demons demons or demons and the people and the magisterium poisoning um Lord Astriel instead of the master, blah blah blah. But there are other things in there that, that I'm like, ah. Okay. Like it's movie versus TV, like you have a lot shorter period of time to show things. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see okay. how this show okay, keeps fair enough. going. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I have liked, I liked obviously the second episode better. What about you all? 
I think I like the I first liked the episode first, better. I liked, actually. Really? I liked the first episode better. Interesting. I got bored. I got bored with a lot of the um, uh, Mrs. Coulter stuff in the house. Yeah, I was same. like, I get that she's hiding stuff. The second that she heard something in her vent, I was like, it's a goddamn monkey. Just, it's fine. I just, it just felt, I don't know. There's just, it just felt really, that all stuff in the house felt really slow. And I know they're trying to build it up, but I already knew she was mm-hmm. evil. So I didn't really, I didn't really, you know, care as much about yeah. that. Like, I get that they were, they were trying to build to Lyra running away as the crux of the end of the episode. But it was like, okay. I but it just, it. And it just felt like, it just felt very like I liked the apartment, but it all felt very like in the same room in the same scene without a lot of mm. interesting stuff happening other than than the monkey yeah. demon attacking her little cute little weasel demon. That was really interesting mm. to me because that was literally abusing a child and that was terrible. <laughs> like I was hoping we would get more scenes at the party because yes. there's all these interesting people and characters mm-hmm. at the party like this like Lord Boreal mm-hmm. who is a bit character in the books and they are clearly amping him up his role in the show, which I'm into cause he's hot. Um, I don't know which one he was, but like he's at that he's party for 10 seconds. The guy with the snake demon who at yeah, the, the end guy who goes to the other world crushes the butterfly. Who goes to our oh world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has the cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He has a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could do so much interesting stuff at that party. And all we had was the scene with the reporter and then the scene with the reporter and Lyra, like being removed. And the reporter too felt like such a weirdly, it was was so shoehorned expositional to me. I'm like, you could have found that information out a different way. That was like less like, hey, I'm quick. I'm a reporter. I'm going to tell you this information. And they're like, okay, we're going to kill you. I don't know. It just felt very, it yeah. felt very fast. I don't know. I don't know if she could have found it out any she other way, but her death whole didn't have to treasure be. treasure trove of documents. Well, I, I, I will say that she didn't have to go through the tunnels shit. Um, mm. She could have like maybe done away with that and like just gone to the party and like did something yeah. in that. Because in the book, she just overhears it all at the party. She doesn't break into yeah. her office. Yeah. But I get you want to create like midpoint drama, drama. in a TV show. It so. was very convenient that that piece of artwork was basically a ladder. It's. I thought <laughs> yeah. about that too. I realized it's for the monkey to climb up. Wow, that does. You know what? Uh, that's the monkey. Nice. Nice. That's, nice. that's, that's smart. fair. I was like, okay. I was like, well, that's yeah. convenient. Yeah. But yeah, that is. And so something that they touch on in this episode, which I actually think is really interesting because it's not in the books at all, is the idea that the monkey can travel much further from Mrs. Coulter yes, than your standard that demon. really weird. And, and we kind of talked about already, like, so the demons in the show already can travel a little bit further than established in the book, but, like, the golden monkey can go all over the apartment without Mrs. Coulter, and that is a thing. And Ly- I think Lyra asks, yeah, like, I what are that. you? Or, and or like, and that, yeah, that's and intriguing. Like, that is that's a, intriguing. So I'm like, what is yeah. she? Is For me... You know, I ask, is she human? Is she not? Has she sold her soul to someone? There's is something, something else going magical on. happening? Is something with the dust happening? I don't know what the fucking dust is. Mm. But I think that's kind of how she realizes that the monkey is traveling through the ducts because the monkey's in the office and then the monkey is out of the office and into yeah. the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. But, and yeah, and I think it, that, yeah, that scene where like Mrs. Coulter's in her dope nightgown. Oh. And she's like, oh, Lyra, so go to cool. bed. And Lyra's like, wait a minute. Hold up. 
Yeah, I, like all these scenes, like they fit together much more. I agree with you, Bajaya. I think the second episode was better just in terms of like, okay, so she needed this to figure out that she needed the vents to figure out the monkey thing. But like, yeah, it moved kind of slow. I just don't think the writing is very good yet. Like, I think it's like clumsy. the episode more one more because there was more like world building in it. And I love a good world build. Yeah, I just I miss the fact that. Like you said, Lyra's supposed to be this half-feral child, and, like, we don't see any of her battles. Like, she's supposed to be really good friends with all the Egyptian kids, and we don't see that at all. She's just like, I'm an orphan. It's like, yeah, bitch, we all are. (laughs) Also, she is supposed to be uh, almost figuring out the Althea meter by now, and she is not. Uh, Yeah. I don't think she really figures it out until she... She's uh, not, but she's kind of starting to figure it out but she yeah. just looks at it and being like she just questions into it, it like a phone she yells, yells at hilarious. it i love that actually i, did lo- I love that Where too can Roger? i tell you i don't know what the hell it is that's what i would do yeah yeah no, i think it's too yeah. that's the thing totally and i think like because we know too much i think we expect a lot right now yeah. but like even like especially because you don't even have at least in the the book you have like a physical description more of what it looks like i guess but really like we you don't see a huge amount of it in the show and and i i love that little bit where she's having her little freak out because she found out that Azrael's her daddy and then you know she Bad she dad. asks the alethiometer a question and it, it does something but she doesn't see it and we don't really understand what's happening like i actually really like that as narrative tension mm-hmm. oh i was gonna ask you all um christina and steph were we supposed to know that Azrael was our father in, like, this far ahead? No, it's a little early, No. But... She doesn't find out until where she is after this. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. Because when we watched it, because Jen, my friend, my other friend, has also watched, or read it, and we when that happened, and we were like, um, what, is, what yeah. just happened? Lyra found out, finds out her whole backstory later yeah all at once so and i don't thought. like i don't mind that they're they're like stretching out out a little bit because it's quite a it's lot fine. like in it's a huge narrative dump in the books and so i think tv wise it's better to span it out a little bit also if sarah guessed it right away yeah, i literally like, guessed so. the first episode yeah but i'm good at tv but i did guess the first episode well and like let's be real like at this you point. show up at a college with a baby you're, it seems like you're the baby's dad. Yeah. Like, what uncle is like, here you go. Right. I, have a, I have a question quickly about demons that I just realized that I had. Um, mm. Is your demon always the opposite, like, gender from you? Almost always. Almost okay. always. Just curious. Someone, I remember sitting in the audience and someone asked Philip Pullman, so, because there are a couple of references to people with the same gender demons, and they're like, yeah. does that mean they're gay? And he was like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe. Like, <laughs> Sometimes people who no create worlds clue. shouldn't be able to have that much power. Yeah. Um, it was delightful. Man, what do you, so like, bi people's demons, what do you think? Like, non-binary people's demons. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, let's be real. Phil Pullman didn't think about it. No, so. he did I cut. It's a kind of refreshing, honestly. It's like the opposite of the J.K. Rowling experience, where she's like, yes, I definitely thought about all of this right. 20 years ago. I just never mentioned it. <laughs> Phil Pullman, Pullman was like, like oh. I don't know. I guess. I feel like I can't write a sentence without researching don't you, it excessively. Don't you shit talk J.K. Rowling. I love J.K. Rowling, but... 
<laughs> girl it, has some yeah, issues. No, it's, a, it's a different experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a different approach to your world. Yes. 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 I mean, the so the the historic materials books were were supposed to be incredibly didactic. They weren't supposed to be as elaborated as they became. Mm-hmm. They're just supposed to be atheistic answers to C.S. Lewis, mm. who he finds like the okay. worst person in the world. He's like, how dare you teach children <laughs> about really? Jesus? Yeah, no, that's all yeah. they are. They became I more. I love those but... movies, though. <laughs> they all, they all were Oxford. They all, everybody at Oxford fights everybody else at Oxford. Yeah. It's just the way things work. It's very, very British. British, but it's in the most passive aggressive way. Like, I'm going to fight you because you're an idiot and you're wrong by waiting a hundred years to publish <laughs> book after <Yes>. you're dead. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> really killed him, bro. Really got him. I have two architecture notes. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the room that Azriel is giving his presentation in to the mm-hmm. scholars, uh, and this is from my sister, who's a nerd. Uh, so she said, oh, uh, so not? the room that okay. they're in features fan vaulting, okay. uh, which mm-hmm. is a very specifically English type of architecture. Um, and it is mostly found in Oxford and also Westminster mm. Abbey. Cool. Mm. Um, but it's it's very specifically like uh, unique, generally unique to Oxford. So it very much anchors that room in Oxford in any world. Mm. Um, and the other things I have not confirmed this one yet, but I'm feeling pretty confident. One of the the door to that room, or one of the, like the they have a scene with Azrael in front of a door. I'm 99% sure it's the Martin Luther door. Yeah. <laughs> Just that would be dope. Which would make sense given Azriel's cool. character and his yeah. rebellion against the Magisterium. And I don't think that that's coincidental. Nice. Which scene is that like really early? I it's yeah. I think it's like either before or after he gives his presentation. Okay. It might be when he's talking. It might be when he takes Lyra out. That's um, dope. But my sister and I were like, is that? I love that. That is so cool. That is really cool. It's it's either that door or it is meant to look like that door. Nice. That is really cool. And then then you have then you quickly I just quickly to mention you have Mrs. Coulter, Madam Coulter, Lady Coulter. What's her Mrs. 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 I need to make sure you get a title right. Uh, Mrs. Coulter. Um, She's part of the ablation board. And I was like, yeah. I've only ever heard ablation reference in surgery, and it's like the mm. removal or destruction of material or not from an object by vaporization. Like that's not very nice. Is she gonna vaporize some things? You're not. You're not off wrong. Kilter. This, oh. Like they might. They might discuss it later. So oh, okay. Well, I just was gonna ask if she was gonna vaporize. Oh, it's oblate, not oblate. Oblate is a. It, it's probably that, but it's also at least in the the book. It's an old church term for when you would like donate your child oh, to the whoa. church. Then maybe it's an oblate oblate thing. That makes more sense for because it's got it's gobblers, not gabblers, but still. Okay. Yeah. It is. Yeah, gobblers. that's what I was saying. I was looking at yeah. oblation and I was like, oh, there's not a thing that's a bad thing, but oblate also not great, apparently. Yeah, oblate. Yeah, an oblate was like a child that you gave to the church basically gotcha. so that seems like she's doing good things with those kids um sure. it's gonna be Super great good. They, yeah she is she's doing great things with sarah those i have kids. a question for you yeah what do you think she's doing with those kids i think she's a she's vaporizing them okay um 
with lasers. I, I, would, I was. I You're was so fucking stupid. <laughs> I know. No, honestly, my mind went to bad things. I'm like, oh no, she's giving these kids to religious men, and I didn't oh, like that at all. No. Oh, yeah, because that's all I could think of. That's and I was true. like, we really, we really only see men in the magisterium. And actually, this is something Christina and I were, were talking about. Too. Christina said, like, what do you say? Like, you like seeing her be a woman in a man's world? Yeah, I thought it. So I think um, Ruth, what's her last name? Ruth, Ruth Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Wilson? Not Ruth Ware. Um, Ruth Wilson <laughs> is doing a phenomenal job. But I haven't, mm. I haven't seen Nicole Kidman in that version, so I don't know. But, like, watching her interact with the men who have all this power over her is kind of dope. And I think she is, like, clearly constantly stressed by her uncertain position. And I don't know. I buy that. So she, yeah, she I, also I think, uh, mentioned something in this episode, in the second episode, saying, Hey, we're the only two women in this whole room. Yeah, I thought that right? was oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So I don't actually know what she's going to do with these kids. My theory is that she's taking the riffraff and she's either going to kill them because then there's no more riffraff, or she's going to brainwash them in some way to be some sort of cog in the magisterium's huge creepy uh catholic orchestra i don't know what it is yet i don't know if they're gonna be little creepy little spies or if they're gonna be little actual physical laborers who knows but it's not gonna be good for whom even knows we do but (laughs) whom even knows but not me and i'm not gonna find out and do we all think it was lin-manuel miranda who Grabbed her at the end of the episode. Yes. Okay. It was no definitely comment. no comment. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely him. I want to quickly actually rewind a little bit yeah. and talk about the title sequence. Okay. You mean the Game of Thrones sequence? Because it was great. It I love the title sequence. I thought the music was great. I thought the the imagery was great, and uh, it features all three like book titles for like you see in the top because obviously they're going to try to do all the books uh and you see the golden compass the subtle knife and the amber spyglass all in the title sequence and i think it's really subtle if you don't know it's you you wouldn't really notice it but i i love the yeah just the very subtle imagery and the way that they put everything together it has a very westworld credits vibe it does I think that's just HBO in general. It had a so. Westworld credits vibe in terms of the design, but the yeah. music, especially the the uh, end credits music, felt mm. more Game of Thrones to me. The, yeah, the music. And there were like six people from Game of Thrones in this show. <laughs> I looked up who the composer was, and it was just I was some guy. He had he's done things, but like nothing Big. super recognizable. Well, good for him. Yeah, I hope he gets lots of work. Also, I mean, to your point about there are a bunch of that. I mean, there are only so many actors in Britain. Like, they have to keep yeah, reusing yeah, them. That's true. <laughs> they always and I feel like reuse HBO them all. must be like, we worked with this actor before. Yeah, once you we get know they're in, good. Yeah. Well, like the guy, the guy who plays the master is from The Wire. I was like, oh, oh hey, right. yeah. Oh, I was like, okay, HBO, nice to bring him back. And yeah. that's why I also was like, um, his British accent doesn't seem very good. And I was like, oh yeah, because he's American. <laughs> 
And then uh, J.R. Then- Mormont is one of the Egyptians. Yes. That's yeah. who I was yeah. trying to think of. And then yeah. and then you have uh, the journalist was in Broadchurch. And yes. she was oh, the other detective. Yep. She's like one of the other detectives. Yeah. There was somebody else who was like. There's another Game of Thrones person, I think. Even though I don't watch Game of Thrones, I was like, that person is 100% in Game of Thrones. A I'm lot of this sort of was. incidental actors are Game of Thrones people, I feel mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More more British people need to go into acting because there are a lot of roles out there. Come on. This people. is maybe a good point, a good time to bring up one of my probably main gripes with the show so far is that I feel like this show has a lot of really missed opportunity for diversity and diverse casting and they didn't go for it. Really? It felt really? very thought, diverse for me to me. I, I like feel like compared all to other the shows. main characters are all white the main people. characters. Yeah. Oh yeah, and a lot of the by the way, a lot of the evil people are are black just yeah, to say. Yeah, I noticed the only non-main non-evil character who's not white is John Fa. The Egyptian leader and the and yes, the that's the only guy. College. So. I mean, he does try and to the, poison yeah, Lord Ezreal. No, but he college. tries to poison Israel. Is he not bad? Then he's not actually. I mean, Lord Ezreal is a dick. He is yeah, a dick. But and you don't he, have to poison every person who thinks a dick. And I mean, master, he was trying to protect Lyra. You're such a nice person. I'm not. Um, yeah, I would love to poison everyone I think is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck right. Yeah. I just like there is such an opportunity. You have a a multitude of worlds here and it's a world different from our own and yet they went with sort of the tropes of so you know early 1900s england and they had mostly white people like i will mm -hmm. say so steph you will know who this person is and so will you maybe vijaya but will is not white and that's all i'll say so that's good i will i agree with you and also i think it's great that they do have and Will's um, dad is black either. characters, but they do. It's yeah. just they like, don't have any Asian characters. You know, Britain conquered India, right? Like, yeah, where are like, the Indian Brits? Like, we know that they ended up in Britain. It just seems like such a missed opportunity. Like, it's it's like eighty percent white people, twenty percent mm-hmm. black people, nothing else until Lin Manuel Miranda shows up later. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like I just Spoiler feel like it's, it's a missed opportunity. Like he had the journalist for two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he killed I her. Mean, I agree. So I'm not like totally bummed with it. I just like no, you're I'm, right. I'm disappointed. You know, like I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, it was it was very noticeable to me that like basically there was only one good black character. Like, yeah, good in the sense of good and evil, not in terms of acting. Now and, the master yeah. to me, I labeled as evil because he did try to poison someone, but. <laughs> He's probably very nuanced, and I just haven't learned more about him yet. You don't actually get to know much more about him, but, like... No, I think I'm being very passive about it because I feel like I am just used to it, so I'm just like, yeah, yeah, this is my normal, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wish I would, there would be more, but, yeah, Yeah. but this is how life is. It's just a bummer, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe I just expected too much, like, because... There's just so much opportunity to create Fantasy a really diverse really cast, easy. and they just yeah. passed on it. Yeah, they did do better than I expected them to. Is that yeah, fair? Better, better, it's not just worse. like, but like throwing, it's not worse. yeah, like throwing twenty percent <laughs> black people into a cast is not necessarily diversity. 
Right, but they could have done worse. I yes, guess. it's better than nothing know. for it's sure. Not, it's not. It's not the best way to it's not the put worst. it. But it's yeah, diversity but, versus yeah. equity, and there was yeah. some diversity and not a lot of equity in the diverse characters. Equity, yeah, yeah, that's a good way. There to put you it. go. That's a good way to put it, Sarah. I mean, okay, it's one character. It's a major character, but it's it's one. So yeah, we'll we'll just yeah. Have to so see. we'll see how it plays out. Like, you know, it's it's episode two, so. But I just I was really struck quite early on with, oh, like all the main characters are white, like mm-hmm. Roger's white, Lyra's white, Azrael's white, Coulter's white, fucking uh, the polar bear's white. The, the, yeah, like, <laughs> get it, get it. All of the magisterium oh people God. are white, but that I kind of get because they're like an e- evil monolith. So. One thing I was going to say about the Golden Compass movie, if you watch it, not to take away from the seriousness of the diversity disparity, but if you watch the Golden Compass, it has so many good actors in it. It does. Daniel Craig, Nicole Kidman, Lee Christopher, Ian McKellen. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I okay, here's the thing. I love... Lynn Manuel Miranda, I do. He's a wonderful person, but they have fucking like, um, oh god, who plays? Uh, fuck, what's his name? Lee Scoresby in the Gold Compass. Oh my god, Sam, Sam, Sam. Neil, no, uh, Sam. The the in? other, I'm just gonna the Google other it. Ron from Parks and Rec. I'm just googling it. Cause no, oh, that guy. Like, yeah, he. I'm not gonna lie, he's a fucking. Oh, Sam um, Elliott. Sam Elliott, thank you. Yes! Like, Sam, Sam Elliott, Elliott, I'm not yep. gonna lie, is a fucking amazing uh, casting for Lee Scorsby. Yeah. I white, don't though. think he would be because yeah. he is very old in that movie, and I don't think he would be. He was a good cast for that. No, oh yeah, like, I don't know. I did the. I think the accent is the main thing, the voice. Because when I read Lee Scorsby, I is. hear Sam Elliott's voice. I can see that. Yeah, but I'm. I'm really excited to see Lin Manuel's interpretation. Like I, uh, who was it? Somebody was saying that apparently the early views said he's not great, but I think that those are all lies and bullshits. No, no, he he definitely gets a blank slate for me. I don't give a shit about the reviews. Yeah. So he can yeah. commit many cinematic sins. He's my precious. I was gonna sweet say angel. we should we should um, save all our um, reviews till the end of the season. And we can yes yeah do the review. we can pick our our most improved actors yeah we can pick our best the actors. worst casting yes we can recast yeah. if necessary mm. yes I'm into that I like that idea I think all right I think the the one thing I would say about the casting aside from yeah could be more diverse like even a little come on and try was it definitely also felt like it was cast by committee. Like there was a committee of people who was like, you know, who reads well to audiences as opposed to like who can do this character is Daphne Keen. Everyone knows who she is. And I'm like, I'm not I don't hate her performance. And also she's a little kid, so I'm not going to be super yeah. harsh. But like, I don't love it either. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. I was like, I didn't James know who McAvoy, Daphne Keene was. Like, when you, I don't know who Daphne like, Keene into is. that into James McAvoy, but like, he's there to be a pretty face. Yeah, he, like, uh, he's... I was into him in all respects. I would, I would take James McAvoy over everyone. 
I'm the average <laughs> dumb American viewer who like saw that saw the trailer and was like gonna watch it because he has a beard. Yep. And I mean, like, so hot. It worked. I just yeah, it did work. They, they also, I feel like they cast a lot. They they cast James McAvoy and they asked him to be more personable. So like, you notice the scene where he puts <laughs> yeah. her to bed. In the books, he absolutely would never touch a child. Never. They're dirty. Like they probably yeah. have stuff on them. He is a lord. So yeah. I mean, yeah. they're they're trying to make yeah. all of it a lot more palatable than He's I think it was. Huge dick in the books. Yeah. Yep. I think it's good that HBO is taking a stand in terms of like, yeah, this is an anti-Catholic mm. uh, show and book, and we're gonna take it seriously because I don't think the movie did that. The movie tried to be like, no, we're not offending anyone. Played it very safe. But on the other, also, you know, HBO's got the young Pope, so that's fine. Yeah, Jude Law is super hot. That's true. One of the things my um, friend Jen said was that they tried to make uh, Mrs. Coulter more personable also. Yes. In the book, she yes. is not. She is yeah. horrifying. And in the movie, she's definitely not. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's hard to buy that somebody would go, even a dumb child, which I don't think lives are a dumb child, but a child would go along yeah. with her if she were not somewhat Even a know, smart child is kind of dumb. Yeah, but well, still, like, the, yeah, 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 that's true. In the book, she's very charismatic until yeah. to a certain point, but then you don't see her, like, crying and stuff yeah, right. she, we did yeah. in the second she's episode. She's, like, glamorous, charismatic, and then she sort of turns on a dime and is terrifying and awful. Yeah, she's and yeah. real. Back to charismatic and glamorous. She's a real president from the Hunger Games capital. Yeah, she's never mm-hmm. vulnerable. Yeah, we also don't see her from her perspective, so True. who knows what yeah. she was doing behind. But even doors. like the the scene where she lets slip that Azriel is Lyra's dad, like that would never happen to like Book Coulter. But Coulter has her shit together. Yeah. In my mind, she did that one hundred percent on purpose in the show. I think that's, that's quite possible. Reading. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't. Uh, to that's me, true. it was like to me, she did it. And she made it seem like it came out by accident. Mm. That's I, I can don't see know, that. But maybe because I, cause I thought she... she was so calculating about everything. Mm. And that would make sense because then she's like trashing him, and she's like, "You can't trust him, yeah. and you can trust me." Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, like breaking down the one mm. other role model in right. Lyra's life. Like right. I didn't want to tell you this, but now that I've told you this, oh, I can't believe thing. I told you. Yeah. Right. That's fair. Yeah. But maybe I'm giving her too much credit. I don't know. No, no I, I think, think you're right. Think actually, good. that I feel like that makes sense. But I also feel like the way that she did it made her seem sympathetic, whereas in the book, I, I don't. I, I don't yeah, think there was any pretense of, of wanting no. to be sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the book is also completely from Lyra's perspective, yeah. other than the odd scene. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's very, you have narrator issues and, and limitations. So do we want to wrap this up and, or does it, you have more? Yeah, let's maybe go around and say, did you like it or not? Let's like the I don't first know if anybody episodes. thought about this beforehand, but let's give let's give our perspectives and then we'll try to assign a demon to each episode and say like yeah. this was a sloth oh, of an shit. episode. Okay. It was slow and fuzzy and it only had a few claws. Mm. Should we do one and two or both together? Let's do them separately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you go ahead. 
So um, I really like both episodes. I love the way that they are weaving in the book things and readapting it, I think, quite decently well for a TV narrative and audience. Uh, episode one, I would give a caterpillar. Mm. Okay. Because it is, it is emerging. It is feeling out the world and it might transform into something beautiful. Who knows? Um, and episode two, I feel like I want to give it a sleepy kitty because <laughs> it's a little slow sometimes, but like, you know, there's something nefarious going on underneath it. That's true. All cats yeah. are nefarious. Yeah. That's, that's my votes. Mm. Yeah. I have, uh, the opposite <laughs> as you have heard before. Um, my first demon would be a worm. Because I thought it was a little slow, and mm. we didn't really know where exactly it was going. It was going over here, and then it was going over there. But the second episode, I thought, would be a sparrow, because mm. it was going everywhere, but it was really fast, and I really liked it, and it was energetic. So that's nice. where I am. Sarah? Hmm. Mm. I liked, I did like, I did like it. I'm still building up the world, you know, trying to figure out if I'm invested or not. So mm -hmm. I'm giving it some time. I think it's beautifully produced. Um, the scenery sets costumes are great. Uh, I give the first episode of platypus. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I thought I knew what it was, but then I was kind of like, what the fuck? But then I was like, Oh, I, I like it though. Um, even though I don't really know what it is. So that was, that was the not first a episode. Demon I was expecting, but, um, <laughs> And then the second episode, I is I'm gonna give it a koala bear because uh, it was kind of like it it you really? know it, it hung in there, but it was also kind of high on its own supply. Like I didn't really <laughs> and it, it, it had chlamydia. Bit, it was a, yeah, it was a little bit it was a little bit logy. Um, but at the same really time, like it had this, no, your picks I didn't even I realize it. I picked two Australian animals. You know that, but apparently we were down under this episode, yep. or these two episodes. So yeah, so that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at with those ones. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I think the first episode I am gonna give it uh, a pug puppy. Like it had some wrinkles, and it was like it was cute. It was trying, but man, it was slobbering over everything, and like it was <laughs> oh way too friendly. You know, be a little austere. Be cooler. Be cooler, little puppy. That's so cute. <laughs> and so yeah, episode one I did not like. Just solid, solid pug. And episode two I would give. I think a regal beagle. I think both of these mm. episodes were dogs. They were like, they were really trying. You can feel them trying so hard to want to be liked. They want to love you. And they want, yeah, and they want your love and they want to love you. Um, they want your money. Well, mm. yeah. They want they you to want feed your them. treats. And, but this one, mm. like, it was getting its sense. It had, it had its nose pointed to the ground. It knew where it was going and it, you know, it might've been flopping around a little bit and be a little awkward, but like it got there. Too loud it got there. Yeah. It was barking, but, and you know, it was a little, little, little shambly, but you know, beagles are pretty cute. So that's fine. See, I love, I got my pug nieces. I love my pugs. Ooh. I love all animals. I would, you know what I want for my life is a pet platypus. So thank you for that. Oh my goodness. Poison your enemies. Love your friends. <laughs> and your platypuses. Yeah. Well, the males are poisonous. I would prefer a female, but because mm. I want an egg. Oh. I want to have a little egg. Yeah. <laughs> you want mammal egg? I want a mammal egg. <laughs> Who doesn't, really? Hmm. I don't know. 
Okay. Um, so I think that is that. Uh, so does anyone, why don't we go around Twitter handles, anything you want to plug? Start us off, Bajaya. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Ethnic Ninja and also on PotterPod, which is a, a Harry Potter podcast with Sarah. I'm also on Your Wizard Harry, which is our Harry Potter podcast. And my handle is at Her Lady Tompkins. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Steph O'Kingston. And I am a number of places lately, uh, but most likely you're going to find me on uh, the Love to Hate podcast and the SHU podcast. And you can find me at Oladdy Girl, and you can find me also on the live Twitch stream Descent into Avernus on Geekly, or mm. writing way too much about too many books on Geekly. So Inc. much. So much. So many books. Her book reviews are really good. They have been retweeted by the authors, so... That's because I tweet them at the authors. Because <laughs> well, I'm shameless. Doesn't mean people will tweet you back. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly I just like, that. I love you. So, I think that helps. <laughs> oh, fuck. Good. I forgot the other place you can find me. Um, very sporadically on the Geekly Inc. Random Encounters feed. Yes. With Christina playing Sailor Moon. We have two seasons out, finally. Uh, so if you're go- coming to them now, it's great. Don't expect anything for a while. Sorry. Oh my God. The Sailor Moon podcast, if you'd like to subscribe, we only uh, record when there is A, a blue moon, B, a blood moon, oh, or C, God. one of us has another child and or marriage. Because It took us three and a half years to do one season. So. All of us got married and had children. It's true. Not all the children, no, not bitch, all children. but we did all get yeah. married. Uh, we did all wait, get married and we Steph, all got married. Did you have to say something? All got married in the time that we were doing the podcast. It's been very stressful. But it's good luck. So oh if my. anybody's looking to get married to him today, well, 11-11, yeah. also known as Singles Day, <laughs> guess spot. listen to this. What? You, you can also find me on Winter Crest oh, Podcast. Yes. And you can also find Sarah and Steph on their guest As guest stars. Oh, yeah. I was like, you can't find me anywhere else. I'm yeah. just somebody staring into space. Yeah, Pajaya and Sarah make out on that podcast. Go listen to it. Sarah mm-hmm. has been dead for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for we making me watch this weird show, guys. Thanks well, for watching this show agreed to giving this... both watch it and yell about it with us. Yeah, thank you for tolerating how much we say the rest in the of book. us are just like, <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm used to being wrong. It's all good. What's our uh, what's our catchphrase sign off for this show going to be, guys? Hashtag um, British face, Roger. If the show gets enough likes, I will sing a song. Ooh, demon! Yeah, Christina wrote a song. I did. Out. There is a there is a whole song compliment to our podcast title. So That's if true. you all ask we really will... nicely and give us a review on iTunes, Christina will sing it for you. Keeping That's in true. mind that I cannot sing. That's part of the joy. Yep. So be ready for me to embarrass <laughs> myself live on the internet. Yes. Again. Where things don't disappear. <laughs> I have to find a job one day. quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. Kiss may be grand, but it's the pay the rental on your humble.
British people know that when Lyra's <laughs> running across the grass, that's like also a gigantic taboo because don't you're not supposed it. to talk walk on the grass. You don't do so it. Lyra, but she's a there's even rebel. like a little she's tiny, tiny yeah. like rebel. fence. Just don't do it. Yeah, there's no fences. <laughs> there, you're, you're just supposed you just to know. know. The you way, don't walk on the quadrangle. Like, right. So if I go to Oxford and there are no signs, are there well, signs? Well, you have to get into the college first. So you're going to have to get past the the person at Porter. the gate. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get past that because I'm brown. I don't know. <laughs> Just be like, I go here. Bajaya, I that's go the here. opposite reason you would ever get past a security person. <laughs> she's like, um, she's like I go it. here. Are you racist? And then they'll feel bad. I'll go with Josh, who's white. There you go. Does that work? They, so okay. then you go you. in. And then you're in the middle, and there's like a big old square and grass. And then I just run. It is just grass. Yeah. It's and not. It's not a garden. It's just grass. No, so it's, why? It's mystifying. Why can't you run there? You can run you around can. it. You just can't run on it. Yeah. You, why can't you run? So I mean, why? Why done. can't you address the queen in one way but another? Like you just don't. Five hundred years ago, somebody is being. One is a rule. One is one is a rule, and one is a law. Those are two different because things. appearance is everything. One and two, one is somebody is being paid a one lot of money lot. to take care of that grass. It's true. There is one mm. person who's and they live to make there. The pretty. And that's all they do. Dirty hippies soiling your rich upper crust What's, grass. What was that guy's name? The the famous English gardener. I will also again repeat Mar- one Mar- is a rule no, and one is a rule. No, like, it's not reliance. It's constant, kind of constant. Not, I was like, I was going to say. Constance Brown or Reliability Brown. It's going to come to me. It'll come to me. Temperance. Constipation Brown. Anyway. Felicity. I have um, 